Hello, everyone. This is uh, Adam, known as Ridgetop on the forums. This is Podcast 12. We're going to be talking about some of the literature that's been out for a while, some of it that's come out recently, and some stuff on the horizon. With me is Administrator Corporal Hicks. Hello. And we've also got with us a special guest today. Um, you know him as the guy that drove the Strauss brothers off the forum. It's Sil. Oh, that, that's my introduction? Yes. Weak. What? No. You know, he's, he's been around Weak. a while. He uh, ran a literature forum uh, website of his own briefly at some point. Was it Special Order? Special Order 937. Yes. Order it is an alien, yeah. There we go. But the site went down. I couldn't be bothered bringing it back up. That was years ago, wasn't it? That was uh, that was that crazy forum, uh, template thing that you made that I really liked and stole for my aborted fan fiction <laughs> uh, series. You did that an awful lot. I know, I know. What, stole off you or uh, aborted yeah. projects? Ooh, Both, harsh. I, I can't believe I never heard about that. You did a fan fiction series? Well, I, I attempted to. Um, there was a craze at the time called Virtual Series, as which was um, an idea conceived as if it was going to be a TV program. So, you know, you wrote the episodes in script format, you had a virtual cast, hmm. um, and I'd done a few. I'd done some Stargate 1, well, a, a Stargate 1, and I helped out in some Star Trek 1, so I decided to do a Aliens one. It was, uh, <laughs> it was called Colonial Marines. Their ship was called the Sephora, and um, <laughs> they actually had... <laughs> They had an android called Rook, which is what they had in Clone and Marines before they changed it to Bishop. And I was like, for fuck's sake, why are you stealing everything off me? Oh. But that, that was like six years ago. Um, I, I think that was about the time I gave up with the uh, AVP series. So uh, that's why that one never got off the ground. Uh, but yeah, we already dug out digressing anyway. Um, so like, like Ridgetop said, welcome to episode 12. Um a.k.a. the Englishman, the American, and the Australian. <laughs> and, um, so let's let's start off with a little bit of news. Um, so everything's been pretty quiet on the uh, literature front recently, but they've recently announced that we're getting a new alien book, and the Dark Horse is going to be including some Prometheus stuff in their future series, which is cool because, you know, we haven't had any future series recently. So uh, that looks good in terms of uh, new releases from Dark Horse, but I'm quite excited about the new book, to be honest. We haven't had one in, what, we're on, 2013? About four years now, five years now? The last one was Criminal Enterprise, wasn't it? No. Uh, ooh, was it? No, it was No Exit. Oh, um, that's right. Which was really cool until the last half of the book. Um, if you, you haven't read that one, have you, now? Um mm. It was this really cool sort of, um, very sort of psychological for a while, very sort of um, weird, and you were getting into the mind of this investigator who was fucked in the head, you know, something chronic. And the last half of the book descended into um, punch him up. The, you know, there was literally a guy punching aliens. <laughs> and, yeah, oh, it, yay. It, it, it was bad. You know, and I... I I spoke to uh, the author at the time, it was Brian Bevanson, I think it was. The interview was on the website somewhere. You know, he didn't seem too chuffed with how that one turned out. That seemed like um, publisher pressure. You know, 
everybody loves aliens being beat up and shot to death. We've got to make sure we get it in the book, kind of thing. But yeah, this this new one um, is by a chap called Tim Levin, who seems to have done quite a few um, other media tie-ins. I think he did Gears of War or something, didn't he? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Is, it, isn't this another um, prequel to Alien kind of thing? I think it's set well, in between be- Alien yeah. and Aliens. Set in between. Yeah, it goes back to the film timeline, which is different than a lot of the novels have been. Most of them have been kind of along the lines of, of the comics, like far after the films have taken place. Oh, you but know, the- um, they, they don't. Some of them don't even give you any sort of time frame. A lot the, the DH Press ones that they brought out, there was pretty much like no frame of reference for when it was when it was set, um, what it impacted on or anything. Yeah. But I think that's interesting that they're trying to tie into the movies a little bit more with this one, at least it seems like, as opposed to making these independent stories where the only real similarity is it's in the future and it has aliens. Definitely. That's, that's something I really miss from the, um, the new stuff. There was no sense of, you know, proper continuity in it. And I miss having, like, a actual defined expanded universe where they actually kept track of what happened and, it, you know, it, it impacted on everything else in it. I'm hoping that this new series, well, I say series, I don't know if it's going to be a series yet, will, you know, follow on from each other, will be an actual series like the early early novel, novels and comics were. Because um, it, it says everywhere is advertising it as number one, which I find um, pretty interesting. You know, it does sort of hint that they might actually follow on from it with more novels. You get an entire series of espionage set in the alien universe. <laughs> Well, it might not all be espionage. Um, it might not all be like that. It's going to end up tackling um, how Wayland Utani knew about the aliens, isn't it? It's, it's you mean like how they didn't know? Let's not open that one. Well, you know what I mean. It's, it's gonna, I know what you mean. And that's going to piss people off, isn't it? Because they didn't know about it. It never happened. Well, I mean, the canon in the... Well, it's not canon, but the, the stories in the the expanded universe is so convoluted anyway, there's no way they're ever going to fit together. So it's yeah. really just whatever you want it to be, I guess. Which is why I'm hoping that this new one will actually ignore everything else and have its own, you know, own structure, own continuity and start fresh and actually keep track of it. So that's one thing I really don't like about the EU and all the different stories. Nobody ever seemed to want to you know, be consistent. No, they kind of gave up after, what, genocide? Yes, and everything just yeah. went to you with. <laughs> Although that said, um, what was it, Stronghold and Harvest played each other a bit. With yeah, Stronghold and Harvest reference each other, and technically at least of the species follows from the kind of Earth War genocide timeline. Yeah. Is it set on Gateway or just some random space station? I can't remember. I don't, yeah, I think it's a random station, and they actually go down to Alien Invested Earth for like three pages. That was in the first was it the first issue that one was? No, second no, issue? No, I think it's like second or third issue. It's the only time you actually see aliens in the comic. Proper aliens. Yeah. But there was... You know what, that, that entire comic is... It, it can't be described. I think... We'll, you, we'll get to that later. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got the new book to look forward to. Um, does anybody have... You know, any hopes for that one? Is it? I'm just, I'm just kind of interested to see um, where Titan's going to go with the license because I didn't know before that they could put out um, 
just fiction novels, I, I figured that was only D.H. Crest that did that, and Titan handled the more, I don't know, behind-the-scenes books like they did with um, the the Alien Vault recently, and they had the Prometheus art book that they put out as well. So it's it's good to see that somebody is taking use of the license after Dark Horse hasn't really done anything lately except with a few novellas. So I'm I'm just anticipated to see, oh, does this mean we're going to get a lot more alien novels and, and maybe we'll get some Predator ones too? How does Do they have the license for that, or is that only DH Press? See, last I spoke with Dark Horse about the license, it was, it was years ago. That was, that was when they just about finished doing their last run of novels. And at the time, they were negotiating to um, to do more, you know, to do more novels. And it sounded like they were separate, separate licenses, separate, you know, separate contracts. Because while Titans got this um, out of the shadows, what the new book's called, it also sounds like Dark Horse is going to be doing more comics. So, you know, we, we might be seeing releases on both fronts soon. And it's also interesting to note that the new novel is is listed as an alien book as opposed to aliens, which most of the other novels have been under uh, the aliens title rather than just alien. So I'm wondering if the Titan license is only alien, I guess. Ooh, I'd not thought about that. I wouldn't have thought so. Personally, I would have thought it would have encompassed all of the alien films. I mean, the, the Prometheus one and the... AVP licenses would be different, I imagine, but... Ooh, not thought about that one. Uh, but what else have we got? We've got, um, yeah, we've got the Prometheus comics. Uh, well, Prometheus inclusion. I know that's going to piss you off, Ridge Top. <laughs> Don't get me started on Prometheus. <laughs> but I, personally, despite, you know, the ups and downs of the film, I think it could be interesting to see where... Um, where Dark Horse take it because it sounds like they're not doing Prometheus comics they're just going to do alien comics with um, you know a bit more of what what Prometheus introduced so does that mean we're going to see more space jockeys engineers whatever we're going to see you know David and um, Shaw show up or something like that I I think they would probably be a little careful especially considering that a Prometheus sequel is still on the table for Fox, because that was one of the initial things with the old comics, is you had them all after Aliens doing the whole, you know, Earth War thing, and then you had Aliens 3 come out, and it totally destroyed all of that expanded universe fiction. So I think to avoid that, the, the Prometheus hints will probably be subtle at best. They might have a few things, but I doubt, at least until after they've decided whether or not they're going to do a Prometheus sequel, if they're going to really go in and do some extensive comics as opposed to just alien comics with some Prometheus references. You'd have thought that would have been the smart thing for them to do, unless they do some sort of offshoots, um, you know, toy about with, you know, the other pyramids or whatever on the planet, something like that. I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the idea of Prometheus comics because they can do all the stuff that the idea of the movie kind of promised and actually, you know, deliver on it. They, they can actually make an interesting, different sort of sci-fi film and not have to worry about the budget or about what might be marketable. They can take the risks. Yeah, well, that, that's also going to depend on the sort of talent they get in there, isn't it? I mean, um, True. a lot of people don't, I think, don't seem to get the Alien series as, you know, the, the writers, they, they do it and they don't quite get it. And it sort of comes off 
being very sort of lackluster guy who's just sort of watched the movie a couple of times, I thought, fuck it, I can do that. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's something you've ever thought when reading stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. But, see, as, as much as the, say, Alien comics are full of absolute tripe a lot of the time, you do get those absolute gems which really take the idea and kind of do something interesting and different with it. Mm. And I think, you know, um, what's it called? Labyrinth would be the obvious. Yes. Think, think, of, think about it. The kind of creativity and outside-the-box thinking that gave you Labyrinth applied to the world that Prometheus tried to set up. That would be cool. That would be really interesting. And if they could do stuff like that, then I would love these new Prometheus comics. I really hope they do actually then, you know, put the actual effort into this because the the recent stuff has been piss poor. I mean, absolute tribe. So you know they, they've shown that they can they can do good series. They've shown they've got the the artistic talent to do knockout series. Fucking Nightmare Asylum, the best um, alien comic in terms of visuals. I think definitely agreed with that one. That it had by far the best artwork. I think. We've mm, had, I'd go for Labyrinth, but yeah, well, no, that Labyrinth looked fantastic as well. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that one, but I mean, for me, it's it's nightmare. And you know, we've we've got we've had fantastic stories. We've had good character stuff. I think um, Music of the Spears was brilliant. I, I love what um, what they did with um, what's his name Eddington. That was it. Um, and the fact that they took the story somewhere else with that. I mean, it's not blowing aliens up, it's not travelling to one of their home worlds, whatever hive worlds as they were it did something different and that, that is what I would really like from from the new stuff but yeah, should, should we should we crack on and talk about some of the older stuff I mean, um, I want I want to know what everybody's favourite comic is uh, Do you want to start Joe? Ooh, um god damn it, I'm going to have to go with the obvious choice and probably just say Labyrinth Okay, tell but us actually, La- Labyrinth followed by Harvest, which is probably a really strange thing to say, all things considered. I was never fond of the artwork in uh, Harvest. I love... See, I, I don't get what it is. It's kind of what Sam Keith wished he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that I just wrote that quote from um, the Beautiful Monsters book, but that was very true. It's the kind of look to the aliens that Sam Keith is trying to get, but just doesn't. And I don't, I don't know. Even though they look like um, the aliens look like quarterbacks with their massive broad shoulders and absolute complete lack of biomechanical detail, I just really like that comic for some reason. They have massive jaws as well, from what I remember. Thick oh, they're jaws. ridiculous. They, they look, if they tried to put those designs in a movie, I would be screaming and bashing my head against the wall. You know, oh god, the end is coming. But for some reason, the comic, I absolutely love it. They did have the uh, the oh, what was the android's name? I can't remember what Jerry. it called. Was no, it Jerry? Jerry was second. Jerry was, yeah, Jerry oh, was Jerry? strong. Yeah. A strong, yeah, strong, stronghold. Strong. Um, I'm flicking through it now. I'm uh, trying to find it. Uh, but, uh, you see, I, yeah. that that was something I actually really liked from um, from Harvest the the synthetic aliens. Norbert. Norbert, yes, Norbert, yes. Norbert, yes. The, the absolutely ridiculous name. <laughs> well, Jerry's any better. <laughs> what? Oh. I don't know. Norbert. Yeah, it does sound worse. It Jerry, just, you can kind of roll off the tongue, but Norbert? It just reminds me of the um, that shitty um, 
Oh, what's the movie Norbit? Is that it? it was, yeah. Yeah, just makes me think of that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I just get the image of um, Eddie Murphy that character. <laughs> yeah. But then, kind of labyrinth for the obvious reasons of it, it just does something really out of left field with the whole mad scientist idea and Plunkett's artwork in it is just beautiful and disgusting at the same time. It's everything the alien should be. It's kind of really, really well done, intricate, and some great details and one of the best depictions of the aliens I've seen in the comics, but it also looks messy and dirty and gross. And uh, it, it pulls out the high scenes, I think, in that one are really good as well. Yeah, it, well, yeah that, that's kind of what saves it. It's just, let's go and do something completely different instead of, oh, look, here's some aliens, I'll shoot them with Marines again. Mm-hmm. It, it shows them as um, sort of intelligent, experimenting creatures. Absolutely terrifying, yeah. And and the, um, you know, the bit with him and his mother was them sort of pushing... The boundaries yeah. a little bit, I suppose, in terms of the comics, but you know, we we need more humans to play with. Please go and have sex with your mother. You're, was she armless at this point? I think they decapitated. Why is she armless? We decap- don't want to know. Well, you know, <laughs> hmm. it, it it was twisted, and um, was Church. Church was the scientist in that one, wasn't he? No, was he yes. the doctor? Oh no. Yeah, he's well, scientist slash doctor. Mm. But um, I also loved. Uh, Tribes, actually, we mentioned before we started recording. But I don't. Do we count that as a comic, or do we count that as a story? Well, you, you tell me. Like, like I say, I, I, I don't know anything about tribes, and I was open. It's a short story with illustrations, so I'm going to say it's sitting on the fence. So I'm going to go with comics. At which point, yeah, it is probably top five. What, what made that one so special? I mean, um, again, it. Uh, it treats the universe with a kind of maturity that it doesn't often. So it took it seriously, and it, it took the concept sort of seriously. It's the introduction of the um, the Max suits that you see in Berserker and AVP War, and whereas in those it's kind of yeah, I'm just going to walk around trashing aliens all the time. In this, it's this absolutely horrifying force plowing through these aliens, which are equally horrifying and stuff like that. It's, yeah. It, it's a bit more mature than a lot of the stories you get. And you get into some of the characters' heads and it's not a pleasant place to be. Is, is, does that the one that introduces, like, the one that sort of lobotomizes the pilot then as well? Does it sort of yeah. get into that? I bet that's yeah, and it, it really makes it sound as unpleasant as it should be. Oh, I want to read that one so much. I need oh, to also, and also, the, um, the artwork is just Dave Dorman. Oh, instead of just you know, a cover picture, it is an entire book of Dave Dorman. He said I could take every picture of his out of that book and just frame it and put it on my wall because everything is he's, he's beautiful. One of the best alien artists, isn't he? Really, if you if you're going to put yeah. that out there, yeah, I really yeah. need to it's, need to get around to reading Tribes because it it looks excellent and, and like you mentioned, Dorman's an excellent artist for sure. Hmm. So what, what about you, Rich Top? What's what's your favorite? Well, um, before we move on to me, did you read to, uh, any of the AVP or Predator comics? Joe, were you into those at all? Or Oh, wait, yeah, I only mentioned Aliens comics. Um, first AVP plus The Web and, uh, what do you call it? Eternal. Yes, yes. Eternal for its kind of pseudo Mike Mignola art. And for the Predator comics, 
I might get linked by Predator fans, but actually, I think Predator versus Batman is probably my favorite. <laughs> those are actually, those are way good. The third one is the best, but, but I recently picked See, up the second one. I only read the first one, because the library never had the others. Not when you were but, bothered with buying. Yeah, this is before buying. But I, I thought um, Batman vs. Predator was, oddly enough, one of the few that actually sort of really captured the feel of the Predator films, or at least this kind of second one. So I can't remember ever reading that one. I mean, I was never a fan of the other crossovers. I remember really hating Aliens vs. Superman. And what was oh, the, what both was the, of those. Was there a Tarzan one or something? Batman vs. Tarzan or something like that? I think Not it was Batman, Predator, Super Predator Tarzan. yeah. I remember, been. I remember hating that one as well. So I just, I always gave up on um, on those sort of crossovers. And come on, how awful was Alien vs. Predator vs. Terminator? I never read that one. No, 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 we're, we're doing positives now, we can get to the bile spewing rays later. <laughs> but, um, okay, yeah. No, yeah, like, the first AVP comic, the short one, The Web, and Eternal, I think, were the best ones. See, I loved Eternal, I thought it was brilliant, I thought it looked amazing. Absolutely too short, though. Yes. And too light on content, but it had a lot going for it. There wasn't really many sort of AVP comics there, were there? There was not sort, you know, a lot of material no. out for that. I mean, there's what two. Considering volumes. how popular the first one was, it was they didn't do a lot. Mm. But the the first one, you know, I'm I'm yeah. probably gonna not be liked too much for this. I wasn't really a fan of the um, the first series. The the artwork I thought was abysmal because <laughs> they changed artists that many times. There's no sort of consistency in it. I love the artwork. Really? That's one of the things I love about it. It's just plain blue aliens and that's the coloring. That's the coloring. The the coloring is absolutely terrible because that had to get redone however many times. But the actual line art. Speaking of uh, the coloring being redone, I think you got this, Aaron. They released like a remastered version of the first comic with the AVP game that came out in 2010. It was in the collector's edition. Yes. Mm. Did you check that out? Yes, it's right here. I think it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I have no idea why they don't just take whoever did that and recolor the entire first series as the graphic novel because the coloration is just so much better when they redid it for that little um, special release. Who was he? I can't even think who it was. Um, I, I spoke to the guy as well, and I can't remember who it friggin' was. But yeah, I mean, it's a nice little hardback thing here. And, uh, right. It's just to compare it side by side, it's yeah. I think I could actually enjoy it more if if they did them all like this. Dark Horse, if you're listening, <laughs> you know we want it. It's bland, but no, he did he did lettering, didn't he? Oh, I can't freaking remember. But yeah, I quite like Civilized Beasts, if I'm being honest. The um, the second sort of post AVP. The, the movie, AVP, the movie comic they did. You know, it was Thriller the Hunt and then Civilized Beast. Did anybody, anybody read them? I read both of those. I thought they were they were great. It kind of almost felt like that was Paul Anderson's vision of AVP. Like that would have been his trilogy had it panned out. And I thought Civilized Beast was better. Both of them were were just really good. I thought the artwork for for Civilized Beast was a bit better. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very different. The story-wise, it, it followed on a lot from, um, you know, from Anderson's. It, it followed that sort of mythology with the with the temples and um, 
um, you know, it being a trial specifically in there. And they tried to, um, they tried to recon, um, you know, the whole nobody remembering all these other comics in sort mm-hmm. of resurrection thing, which I think didn't yeah, go down too well with many others. Uh-huh. What was it? The, the big deletion. Yeah. yeah. I think that was also an attempt to explain, like, why the technology in the Alien films was a little more primitive is because there was this big computer virus that just kind of wiped everything out. It was still stupid. Yeah, but I'd say that, that, that wasn't particularly popular, that one. No, no. The, the, the um, thrill of the hunt, I think, it let itself down with the fact that there wasn't actually much creature interaction in that one. I mean, there was like two pages of Aliens vs. Predator. She's like right towards the end somewhere. Not so much that gave a total then. But I thought that was a fair bit of stuff in um, Eternal, weren't they? Yeah. Um, A lot of it was was banter between the characters, but and and going back to what you said too, Aaron, with the um, Anderson's AVP feel, the look of the Predators, them being overly armored and big and bulky too, it just felt like uh, expansion of of that original film. So, um, okay, let's... Let's shoot on a bit, because you know what we're like with overrunning with these things. Um, <laughs> well, hey, hey, let me bring up my favorites. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Let's get to you. What's, uh, also, um, Joe, that was good that you brought up Beautiful Monsters. I remember reading that, the, the David McKinsey book, um, while yeah. I was excited for AVPR. It was good examination into, into all the movies, I thought. Uh, so I definitely need to go back and read that, because it's been years since I've checked that one out. There is a lot of stuff he seems to just pull out his backside, though. Yeah? Yeah, you got to kind of wade through actual information, and, dude, why are you putting this to print? The the bulk of it seemed to be just like a transcript of the um, the quadrilogy features. Yeah. And then with it... I, I can't remember any specific examples off the top of my head, but just going through it, there were some glaring things, especially for, like, the Alien films. The Predator films seem to be all right. Yeah, it's been so long since I've read it, I just remember, like, enjoying some of his thoughts he had on the themes of the movies and such. Oh, yeah, yeah. But as far as um, my favorite ones, uh, Nightmare Asylum for me, is as far as Aliens goes, that was probably the first Aliens graphic novel I ever went through. And I was never into the comics. I was always um, getting the graphic novels. Uh, I, w- I would always look for the collections of those. The original AVP was the first one that I read, and I really enjoyed that one. But Eternal is probably my favorite, too. Um, just the art style thing, the fact that it took place in, in the near future, unique. And it, it kind of was the first time it, it brought up the idea of, you know, predator vampirism. Like, oh, people using predator blood to uh, live a lot longer, which, which came up again in that video game, uh, Concrete Jungle. That was a central theme of that. And as far as the predator graphic novels go I would say some of the original ones were really good like Concrete Jungle let's see Cold War those were all decent I thought I haven't read too many of the newer ones I'm, I'm interested to check out Pray to the Heavens although from what I've looked at with the art style and from I think from what you've talked about it Aaron it's a little disappointing I think that was the weakest one of those three series as they did um, you know more than human and three world war and pray to the heavens it was easily the most forgettable of, of those but yeah um nightmare huh? asylum was definitely one of my favorites 
um, because I, I love the artwork. I absolutely love the is Den or Dan. I always get mixed up. Den. Den. Den Bouvet's style is you know, somehow conveyed the motion and the um, and he made it actually look like it followed. You know, he watched the movies and seen the styles of the, um, the the weaponry and the colonies and how everything looked, and it actually felt like it fit. You know, in in the in the series, I really enjoyed that, and it, it was just a fantastic read. I thought it was very much like Aliens in the sense that it was, um, you know, it was on the go all the time from the first, um, you know, the first issue aboard the ship with the with the extra aliens and um, Billy having to go outside the the ship and take on the aliens in Zero G, which is a moment I would absolutely love to see in a film. By the way. Uh, I've always loved the idea of Peter Briggs's, you know, opening scene on his second AVP draft where his predators having zero G fight with the with the aliens on their ship, and you know it was it was constant thrill ride on that. Uh, otherwise, I think I quite liked um, what, what was the space jockey one called? Um, Destroying Angels. That was it. That one was great. Aside from the random, you know, alien that just went on. Oh, yeah, Aliens Apocalypse, The Destroying Angels. Yeah. I always liked that kind of... uh, I always liked the stuff that explored the jockeys. That was always my favourite things about the comics. Um, You know, some of the comics, the ones that sort of tried to explore other ancient civilizations about them. Um, What what was that short? The the sort of... The Cthulhu-type thing. Oh, the Strange Taste one? You mean the one where they eat the... No, no, it was um, it was a black and white one where they found like a mysterious hidden temple buried in an alien planet somewhere, and it um, had the statue of the queen, and I think there was like some ornate eggs laying around. It, it was it was a short black and white. Um, I can't fucking remember what it was. That's gonna kill me. Editorial note: Hicks is referring to Elder Gods. But um, I really enjoyed that one as well, and that's the kind of stories I like, the ones that explore the other, you know, the other species involved. Um, AVP-wise, it's going to have to be Eternal, again, for the the aforementioned reasons. I quite like the artwork in that one as well, and the whole samurai feel to it. Predator-wise, I don't find many of them too memorable, if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, I, I like... Sorry? That's why I had to go with the Batman crossover. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, I think they they have a bit more flexibility in terms of story. You know, they can tell these cool World War One stories and random ones in the past. And uh, you know, the World War thing was always something I'd quite like to have seen a bit more of. Um, what was the comic that there, there was? There was a comic that it was set in um, set in World in uh, World War One. I, I think it was. I rather enjoyed that. Sense of time. Yes, is that is it Santa time? Yeah, I think so. Um, and there was, what was the one where they essentially set him up as Jack the Ripper, a predator as Jack the Ripper? It was set in uh, Victorian times in London, and that one that one looked fantastic. But I, I can't remember the name of that. I actually need to reread Predator ones. Second editorial note: Hicks is referring to Nemesis. Um, but I remember really enjoying that one. So you know, for for how much tribe there is actually quite a few um, you know decent stories. I mean, in terms of aliens, I think more than anything. But that's just me being the biased alien fan. I think. I think aliens also has sheer volume going for it. Yes, that's true. There's there's six 
volumes, I think, of um, that DH Press put out, and only four Predator ones. Yeah, I've only got the first yeah. one. And only two AVP ones. So, uh, you know, you, you see which one's got the most attention. <laughs> but yeah, now now we've got the happiness out of the way. Shall we, uh, shall we tackle the hatred? <laughs> well, actually, before we go on to the hatred, um, for your Den Revise fans, did you guys read, um, ever get a copy of Countdown, I think it was? I think I've read that one online, but I don't actually yeah. ever... That, that was, what was it, a two-part? Um, yeah, it was just a small two-parter, but it was his artwork in black and white. I remember seeing a coloured thing. You had a colour? I had a black and white skin. I thought it actually looked better and like it was much more atmospheric in black and white. I think there's not enough black and white ones, you know. I think sometimes the colour, more than anything, is what lets lets a comic down. And I mean, yeah. like, like you were saying it, well, like we were saying earlier with the AVP one. Now it was the colouring that I hated in that. I mean, was it the web that was actually black and white? The yes. AV- yeah, I remember that was thing. Yeah, that, I remember that one being lovely. And one more thing, with like the um, more than human comics and stuff like that, was that where they had the aliens with the pincers on the side of their mouths? And they yes. were saying... Yeah, yeah that was also was the a three world war. They, didn't, they, never, they never explained it, which pissed what? me off something chronic. It was suppo- they said they were going to. Yeah, it was supposed to be addressed in three world war. It, it came up in uh, more than human. They'd always sort of insinuated that three world war would deal with it. I reread my review of it the other week, and I'd somehow suggested in it that, in the comic, that suggested that it was a new sort of pred-alien type creature. And having reread oh. the the comic, you know, about a month ago, I'm not sure where I pulled that idea from. <laughs> um, but it it seems like they're only seen around the, you know, that breed of predators and. But you know, it's it's just it's not dealt with at all. Um, oh, that's disappointing. Yes, that was very very did, irritating. Did you like the look of that, Aaron, or did you think it was just kind of an odd decision? When it seemed like it was actually going to have an impact and be some sort of mysterious story thing that they were going to explore, I quite liked it. Because um, you know, I'm I'm up for mysteries. I don't mind a good mystery. But when when they didn't address it, I was kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I know in the beginning of um, More Than Human, they showed kind of the alien outbreak that took place in the earlier comics on Earth. They had a little flashback, and it showed the aliens how they originally were without the little pinchers on the sides of their mouth. So I'm wondering if it was, like, insinuated that they had just evolved further or something. What's the point in them? (laughs) Yeah, it's... And I'll tell you what, the first issue of More Than Human, I absolutely loved the end of that. You know, when um, they arrive on the planet and everybody just, you know, they mow the crew down. I was not expecting that. Yeah, me neither, that well, was crazy. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert, by the way, guys. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I quite enjoyed More Than Human. You know, I, I, I quite liked the android main, what was his name, Sarida, Sarida, something like that. And I thought the artwork in it was was really nice as well. And that was the first time, again, spoiler alert, that they ever did uh, Android with red blood, I believe, unless you buy into the the theory of Bishop <laughs> Two and Alien Three. I don't know if it was <laughs> trying to allude to that or. Hear Sil groaning in the background. Yes, 
Yes, yeah, so see, see, on that note, let, let's jump into stuff we absolutely hate. I think that's a good segue. <laughs> okay, lead away. So what, is, is there something you want to whinge about there, or...? Deadliest of the Species, maybe? <sighs> Go on. Let, oh, let's have your... No, tell you what, Deadliest of the Species and anything that has more than one instance of the word versus in the title. Okay, yeah. So, um, Aliens vs. Predator versus Terminator, maybe? Yes. Oh, did you guys read that? I've I've read it years ago, but I remember sat there thinking, "What the fuck?" It was just it was balmy. It was. They could have done something really interesting with it, and then they said, "No, no, let's be really, really stupid." Was that the one where they had transport? The predators had transporters. No, it was the one with the. Terminator aliens, I think. Oh, God. I've yeah. heard about See, that. That's one of the problems I want to... Deadly to the species, you could just go on for an hour talking about everything that is wrong with it, because everything is wrong with it. It's just bad. It's just really, 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 really bad. But one of, the things that really, one of the things that really, really pisses me off about things like Deadly to the species, AVPT, is that the aliens always get screwed over. Not in the sense of, okay, let's just mow down a lot of them and have them be mindless bugs, but they kind of don't end up appearing in the story. Like, have, have you guys read? You, you, you read AVPVT. Actual aliens appear in like one page in the last issue as a giant blue ball, basically. Honestly, can't remember that much about oh, it. I mean, it's I re- terrible. It's like, the, the one time proper aliens show up that aren't, you know, alien predators to turn into hybrid things, is there's a massive wall of them, so the artist gets lazy, draws three of them, and then just does some squiggly lines against some blue colour. See, I, I remember them barely showing up in, you know, Deadliest of Species. It was like, what, two pages of actual aliens and everything else is... Ro- yeah. Is it robots it, and um, some weird, it, wide... It starts off as alien robots that are used for simulations, and then by the end of it, it's human-alien... Predator hybrids that you know can fence and speak. That that was the white, wait, the, was, was was the white thing the pred alien in it? Was that their version? No, 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 no. Every alien basically that wasn't the queen mother, the handful of real aliens you see were white for some reason. <sighs> so it was the like king lord alien, the super duper fantastic alien that comes out of the chick at the end who had the. Fuck, I can't even finish that sentence without my brain trying to escape out my ear. Basically, yeah, they were all, like, fleshy, white, and capable of speaking, and by the end of it, they had eyes. Really? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was, was that the one with the flabby white things on the... Um... Oh, yeah, yeah, the flabby white guys at the end. Yeah, and they I had, like, red eyes, and it was... The, the queen gets face-hugged. There's a, there's a pred-alien white one and a normal white alien fighting each other at this point. Yeah. Oh god, that's hideous. I forgot. Uh, and remember the, like, the, the absolute queen mother thing? Like, it's the queen mother of all the queen mothers and it teams up with them. Fucking hell. The alien and human predator team up. People thought humans and predators teaming up was an insult. Aliens, humans, predators teaming up. The ultimate queen mother is teaming up to save the day. Dude, they're wearing uniforms but, as well. There's aliens wearing uniforms. 
It is basically, why don't we get them to dress and drag and do the whole... Because, you know, screw the aliens, it's all about the predators. Oh, and some sort of hive castle temple thing in space? Are you, are you reading it? Yeah, I'm flicking through it right around? now, yeah. Yeah, they've got rapiers. They're, they're fencing. Oh, at one point. And talking. They're using predator voice mimicry to... Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> they're in the Wild West as well at this point. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes. flicking, I'm flicking backwards <laughs> through it. Oh, fuck it. You know what? Yeah, because they, they go through... um. Like simulation, entertainment simulations. So you've got aliens in the Wild West, you've got aliens in kind of medieval period, you've got... Oh, God. In honest, you know what? This, Volume 2, um, I brought, I brought Volume 2 because I didn't want to get it from Dark Horse because I'd heard about um, Deadliest of Species and I didn't want to absolutely slate one of their books. And I went out and I brought it and I remember it took me about two months to get through it because I was reading it about five pages at a time because I couldn't, uh, I don't, I couldn't I, keep I, going. I sat through the whole thing in, I think, one sitting. I don't know why. I don't know how. Is that when you did that that thread about reading it? And Yes, yes. And I referred to one of the characters as PMS or something. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was stupid. Okay, now this looks dire. You know what? If there's one, if there's one I need to read, it's Deadliest of the Species because it's one of the most talked about AVP ones, mostly because people hate it and they just think it's really weird and out there. Um, and also, as far as um, additional crossovers go, there was also the Superman and Batman versus Aliens and Predator one, which I've kind of looked through and that looked. They actually released that. Yeah. yeah. The art in it looked surprisingly. Good, I think, from the previews that I saw. Yeah, at least. Yeah, what looked okay. But then I saw a scene of like Batman and Superman talking to a bunch of predators and thought, no, 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 no. <laughs> so do you not you not keen on that sort of stuff in in the AVP stuff either then? The the, the team ups. Yeah. Uh no. I, I mean the the original. Wait, do you mean um like cross series team ups or? No, no, in, in like, you know, AVP when she teams up with um, Deshande and... Um, oh, no, see, that that stuff I don't actually mind. As, well, in that comic at least, because it's actually reasonably well handled. She does save him and the situation's gone completely out of control. It makes sense. I mean, they, they teamed up in, what was the last one, Three World War as well. Um, yeah, I saw that in the previews. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest here, I actually really like that book. I thought it felt very big. You know, it, it felt bigger than anything any other series had done. You know, cause, I really... Oh, sorry, continue. Well, you know, it, <laughs> you've, you've got panels of an actual fleet of, you know, cloner marines and fleet of predators and platoons down on the surface there, there was a there was a cool bit and I think it was issue 2 or issue 3 I can't remember which one where there's marines they're scaling a mountain and the aliens sort of burst up from under the ground under the sand whatever and just massacred a platoon on the on the ground and you know it felt like an actual war it felt bigger than anything that they'd done before His, I can't remember who it was but the artwork when it was in motion, when stuff was actually happening, I thought really suited the frantic style of, of the story. And granted, when they were stood around talking, it looked like shit. It didn't suit it whatsoever. But you know, when when they were fighting, I thought it, I thought it were brilliant. I, I 
you know, I, I stand in the minority with that book, but I, I really enjoyed it. I was actually about to mention that too. I really like the images of like the predator ships flying alongside the marine ships. And I know a lot of people groan at any sort of team up with the predators, but I thought that from what I've seen of it, the, the book handled it pretty well, handled it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it seemed really interesting, but like you said, the only thing that I found lacking was the art style, which, uh, it looked a little more cartoony in some areas than, than others. The bit where you see the the new predators for the first time, that bit looked really bad. It looked like somebody had um, taken one of the Kenner figures, plumped it down. Oh, I remember, I remember the preview for that panel. Dear God, yeah, did that actually make it to print? The aliens at the side of him. Yeah. yeah. It actually made it to print. Oh. So so you know. Hate to do that. When they stood still, it looks really bad, and for some reason, uh, Sarita's in it as well. The um, the android from More Than Human, and they've they've made him black. For some reason, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they've done that. And but then again, didn't they change somebody's race in? It was Jess and... from Berserker to War. He goes from black to white. I mean, uh, maybe that's why they did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make up for it. We've done it before. Let's swap back. Um, we won't swap the same character back. We'll just swap a different character. Did he survive? I can't remember. Who? Uh, Jess in. Um... Yeah, Jess, Ellis, and the chick from Berserker all survived War. Oh, I thought one of them died. No, Ellis jumps into the max unit, but they pull him out at the end, don't they? Can't remember. Oh, let's go grab the comic. You guys talk. Sorry, I've got him next to me. That was an interesting concept. The whole um, him getting in the suit, and it was kind of like he could barely handle it thing. And I remember it, it went through it a little more extensively in the book, War. Which, which is, we didn't talk about the Alien versus Predator books. Are you more of a fan of Hunter's Planet or War, Aaron? I hated Hunter's Planet from what I remember. I mean, I've only read it the once and it was, it was a while ago. And you, you know, when, when I don't like the things, I don't tend to pick them up again. But I remember absolutely hating Hunter's Planet because it was, it was android aliens again. You know, they're not giving us proper aliens. Um, and she seemed a bit more whingy in it. Um, how do you pronounce the name? Nagu- Naguchi? Yeah, Machiko Naguchi. And she seemed like a whingy bitch in that one. And I really disliked it. I always preferred War. I think that was actually the the first AVP book I read. Because um, at, at the Hunter, time... Hunter's Planet had dinosaurs in it, though. <laughs> I, I thought it was a fun book. I liked the whole concept of, oh, this is a you know game preserved for just you know, really privileged hunters, and it was like almost the idea of predators, but it was a planet controlled by humans. And so I like the the concept behind that. I thought that was pretty cool. Are you sure your love for dinosaurs isn't, you know, making you biased here? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I just thought it was an interesting story. And, I mean, War was really good, too. I think they're both good stories, and it's just, you know, an interesting little, oh, could have been this, it could have been this, you know, just whatever you want it to be in terms of canon. Because it, it, they're alternate sequels to, um, to Prey, aren't they? They, they both. Yeah. Because um, I think the same Predator characters in both of them. He dies in one of them and is alive sure, in the next one. Yeah. War yeah. is supposed to be the official one, I think, because because Three World War picks up from War. Yeah, yeah. And War was the one that was based on the comic sequel. So Hunter's Planet was just an offshoot, I think. And for the record, they do all survive the end of War. Yes, I, I just yeah. saw as well. It was it was one of the other random characters they put in uh, the Max suit, weren't it? Yeah, and leave him. To uh, just mess shit up. 
You see, looking through that one again, the colouring in that, I'm not, I'm not keen on. But the, it depends on which issue you're talking about, though, because the actual main story of War is kind of lame. But the very first comic in it, like the very first little story. Uh, when they're when they're doing the hunt on um, on the the bug world, oh, as it says on here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. That one does look really. That's actually got some of my favourite art in the entire series. I just kind of wish they'd kept that artist for the entire war. Because these aliens really look like they're out of aliens. Yeah, I can see that one. That one looks really good. I'm flicking through. Although I've just flicked past a predator chef. That's awesome. <laughs> there with the you know, yes. butcher's knife. There was. There was another crossover called Mindhunter that was Witchblade in the Darkness versus Alien and Predator. Did, did either of you read that one? No. No, that had too many verses in it. It was it was very strange. The art style was was decent enough, but it, the story was all over the place and it made no sense at all. It's still a pretty interesting read. Um, it only it only has one Predator in it. It's a female Predator, and I thought that was kind of interesting how they did that. Did she have boobs? She did. Of she did. She didn't. She did. Oh, did. Of course. The only female predator that's ever not had booze is the one from Deadliest of the Species. It's the one redeeming feature of that comic. Uh, but you know, let's not talk about boobied predators. <laughs> no, no. What I, what I mean, coloring. Um, sorry, just going back to coloring for a second on war. It's blood time. Is what I'm thinking. Well, wait. If you've got the comic there with you. Uh, hang on. It's like the one shot of the predator who loses his hand. Oh, yeah. One... Like throughout the rest of the war, yeah. It's how he loses his hand. That's that, 155. Uh, that was before Duel. Oh, have we not talked about Duel as well? The first, you know, introduction of um, the Predator. Oh, predator. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I quite like that one. Actually, that really. Um, with the massive Predator Bazooka Cannon as well. <laughs> that, that one had some good art. It, that was the while. first time a Predator showed up, isn't it? That was, yeah. It's, it's not actually been a lot of the extended, uh, expanded media, other than the games, I mean. I can only think of a couple of times it showed up in comics. That and Deadliest of Species. Can I think that's it. Yeah. Unless any of the newer ones did, but otherwise it's just Duel and Deadliest of the Species. Well, I don't think Deadliest of the Species really counts, but... And it was it was it was a nice design as well. I thought. You see, I don't yeah, mind. Based off the Dave Dolman picture. Yeah, I don't mind the mandibles. You know, I know a lot of people don't like mandibles on the um, on the aliens, but I quite like the the looks of them, especially if they did like a awesome sort of you know using it to get him in for a head bite kind of thing. I I personally thought the best pretty alien design, not to deviate from the literature topic here, was uh, in the game, the last one, AVP 2010. I thought it looked great in that. It's still dreadlocks, so that's that's my biggest beef with the Predalien design. Dreadlocks. What yeah. the fuck? It's always going to have those. No. I mean, no, the Dormans did have them on as well, didn't they? He made them all spiky. Actually, yeah. wait. Deadly Species didn't have dreadlocks. Oh, no, that's true. But no, wait, didn't he have <laughs> I... some um, hair-type thing at the end of the heads? Or am I just thinking of that long, taily thing? I don't want to remember. <laughs> do, you, do you not want to flick through? I don't have a copy. I had a digital copy which exploded with my computer. Well, when you'd finished reading it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, I couldn't take it. 
it's it's got mandibles and a long whippy tail thing at the end of its head. Yeah. And, and this is not dreadlocks. True. Oh, and <laughs> wait, what's what's happening here? Oh, don't, don't, don't. Okay, so he's he's been face hugged. Yeah. And he's turned gold, and as spiky aliens burst out of that one, and now there's a lady splitting into two. Oh my God, no, I'm not. I'll put that down. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's a shame that um, Dark Horse hasn't done a, an Omnibus 3 for Alien vs. Predator, because I think they have enough material that they could at this point. They could put um, Civilized Beasts and Thrill of the Hunt in there. There was also an exclusive comic, comic that wasn't bad. It was it was pretty lengthy, too, called uh, Sand Trap. I don't know if either of you read that, but it came out with a a big Alien vs. Predator compilation DVD set, and it was a, an exclusive one to get with that. There was also the the Dead Space one, which came out with the AVPR DVD. Um, so I think yeah, they no, didn't get either of those. The, the, which one was the one where it was um, within Iraq? Or... That was Sand Trap. Sand Trap, right. I remember that one being all right. I don't think I've read, what did you say, the second one? Deadly Space? Dead Space, yeah. Dead Space. I don't, I don't remember reading that one. What was what was that one? It was pretty short. It was just a little short story about, you know, two astronauts finding the ship, and, you know, na- naturally it was in, infested. But it, w- it was decent enough, just a little something extra they could throw in. But the, the main ones being Civilized Beast Thrill the Hunt and Sand Trap, I don't think there have been any other recent AVP ones that haven't been included in the first two Omnibus books other than, than those. I think I think most of the stuff that they actually left out of, of the omnibuses um, was for licensing issues or whatever. I can't remember why exactly, but they did they did comment on it at the time. The um, Thrill of the Hunt and Civilized Beast were smaller books as well, so I, I don't think the you know the artwork might look a bit stretched out if they tried. And um, yeah, good point there. Come into that, but I mean in terms of the recent stuff, they only. You know, we've only really had the um, two oh, three, alien. three World War, right? Oh, they yeah. could put that in yeah. the, um, the omnibus too. That's true. But I mean, after that, we've only had the two uh, novellas, um, which were both aliens, and it was um, Liam Sharp's Fast Track to Heaven, and I can't remember the writer of the second one, but I know Sam Keith. There was uh, John John Lehman was the writer of the second one. I really liked Fast Track to Heaven, and Aaron, I know you recently did the review on Inhuman Condition. I haven't gone through it myself, but the artwork looks pretty wonky. Like the aliens look like they're from Looney Tunes or something. Let me just let me say this, Sam Keith, fuck you. Do not do alien comics. He ruined um, Female War. Um, was it Female War? Yeah, Female War. Yes, it was Female War. Sam um, Keith should not be allowed to do aliens. Is you know I wasn't going to pick it up. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I I've owned, I own as much as it as you know alien stuff as I can. Um, mm. I would I had no intention of picking that book up whatsoever. But I walked in I walked in the shop and I was I was picking up Marvel Civil War and I think I was picking up an Iron Man as well. And I turned around and I saw it there on the bookshelf and I was like, I've got to do it. I've got to I've got to read it just to see how bad it is. <laughs> And you know, story-wise, I really, I, I quite liked, um, I quite like Layman's story for it. And Sam Keith's artwork makes sense in a roundabout way after you've read the book because the the 
main character in it, you eventually find out that she's a bit fucked in the head, basically. <laughs> and she's got like a distorted view on reality. And when you take that into consideration and you, you flick back over it, his artwork seems to fit slightly, maybe. But I still... His, his aliens are awful. I mean, massive jaws. Um, the, the, the humans look like caricatures. The, the bad guy in it, uh, what was his name? Carl or something like that. Who was um, Waylon Yutani's second in command or whatever. He looked like an evil villain caricature. And it was, it was, it was awful. I'm not going to lie. I really did not like the artwork for that. But on the flip side, um, Fast Track, I thought Liam Sharp's artwork in it was brilliant. It was very sort of reminiscent of Alien. Everything in it was, you know, the spacesuits were, were like the Nostromos. Um, the space station that was set on had that beat-down look to it. The Alien, you know, it was very sort of Giga-esque. And, um, I mean, the, the, the cover art in it was fantastic. They're not so detailed inside, but... Um, I mean, and there's, there's, there's a cocoon scene in it as well. And rather than looking like alien hives, it looks like that scene at the end of the director's cut. And I thought the, the characters in Fast Track to Heaven were pretty interesting too. I like the whole concept in the setting, how it's on the, uh, the moon of Jupiter or Europa, and you have like this big space station that you mentioned, and then there's this elevator that goes down under the ice into this um, just underwater and um, they could have done a lot more with that. If there was one problem I had with the, the novella, it was that it ended so abruptly because the setup was so good and you had all these good characters, the artwork was great, but it just ended right when I was, like, getting pumped for it. So it could have been longer. It was it was a missed opportunity, I think, but overall a really good uh, read. See, the characters in it I didn't like because a lot of them felt like, stereotypes it felt like he was you know he'd got a short page count I think it was only like 32 pages or something and he didn't have the time to sort of develop unique characters so he just threw them in as stereotypes let that fill the blanks in and went with that but whereas um, in human condition I thought she was pretty interesting in it and it opened up it opened up this interesting direction they could have took at the end of it for future comics. I mean, I, re- I really want to spoil this, but I know you haven't read it. Um, uh, go ahead. Well, Ridge Top? Uh, I don't care either. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, anybody listening, um, I'm about to spoil it. Additional editorial note. To avoid spoiler, fast forward approximately one minute and ten seconds. And I, I mentioned it briefly in the, in the review as well, that she, in a the main character in a sort of fuck you bosses moment goes and she goes into the hive with all these rob- uh, with all these synthetics and you know she finds the queen all tethered up and everything and she says to it you've got something I want lets herself get face hugged and goes back and lets the alien burst out to you know destroy the, the facility from the inside but I quite like the notion of you know this psychologically damaged woman going in there and they did alert to brief briefly earlier in it that um you know she, she thought she was supposed to have this kid in this family with um with another man in the book but it all turned out to be a figment of you know this constructed reality that she made to help herself survive an encounter but it was like this notion of somebody who couldn't have children or wanted children or whatever 
and sort of hunted the aliens down as a means to sort of fulfil that desire. I, I quite like that. that well, you could have the most interesting themes like that, but if the artwork sucks, it's still not going to be very good. That's true. That's fair enough. But you know what? There's something else happier we can move on to as well. The reprints, Titans reprints, and um, it gave us a reprint of um, Alien the Illustrated Story. Man, I love that. It was it was brilliant. I honestly did not expect it to be as good as it was. I mean, I'm used to um, adaptions sucking balls. I mean, Alien 3 looked crap. Alien Resurrection looked crap. And, you know, we've got yeah, this... And, and, you know, most of them do. And The illustrated story was fantastic. Did you get that big um, original artist edition? I did. I got both of them. Fucking, I forgot about that one. You know what? They they were selling it and it was it was retailed at like sixty quid and Amazon had um, the a pre order special on it where it was like twenty pounds so I was like you know what fuck this ordered it and it it got put back so many times I actually forgot I'd ordered it and I came home one day there's a massive box sat on my chair waiting for me and I was like what have I ordered and you know I went in and opened it and it was this lovely massive original art edition book and I mean the cover's black and white inside well the cover's dirty as well it, you know because um, the I think it was the artist or the colourist one of them had gone back and re-scanned all his prints for um, the Titan to do the, the reprints and inside it it's it's all black and white and there's coffee stains on um, on some <laughs> of the pages you know, the rings at the bottom of the mug and it, it looks it looks absolutely fantastic I haven't read that you know, that one, that one's just sort of put away in, on top of my bookshelf. And I went out and brought the brought the normal one for Christmas so I could read it. And, you know, I, I read it again recently. I'm sat there at work and I'm reading it. And it's, it's such a faithful adaption. And the, the artwork in it's still brilliant. And, you know, it, it manages to, you know, jump, you know, jump the bits but still make it work. And that Joseph Conrad quote at the start of it, I love because that sort of ties a little bit into um, the um, who, who did the novelisation? Uh, Alan Dean Foster, that was it. Alan Dean Foster. And, and his moments in the dreams and when they're in cryosleep and stuff like that. I mean, what, what what do you think of the illustrated story? I know I know you read the old version, haven't you? Me? Yeah, you. You? Yeah. Um, I really liked it. The artwork, as you said, is much better than most adaptations. It's it's interesting that it's done in the same style that influenced the movie to begin with. Yeah. Rather than in a style that was influenced by the film, which is what you get these days. And the, they actually look like the actors as well. That's a change. Yeah. And the alien looks great, even if it does seem to change size drastically from panel to panel. Yeah, the, yeah. Bit, when, the bit when it um, encounters Dallas, it looks it's huge. It's ridiculous. But um, one of the things I've find interesting about the illustrator story is seeing where in the cut they were by the time that was being put together because some deleted scenes are in it and some aren't. So you get the transmission scene early on, but you don't have the cocoon sequence at the end. You have Brett getting stabbed in the back with the tail, but you don't have, you know, Ripley getting slapped or stuff like that. Actually, that's something I would like to uh, just point out. Do you remember the... Oh, this is Ridge Top. Talk to Ridge Top. Do you remember... You know, the whole thing about the alien's tail weaving its way in between Lambert's leg at the end. Uh, it's like implied rape, pretty yeah. much. It actually shows, 
because it's it's not her shoes, is it? It's um, no. It actually shows in in the com in the illustrated story um, that it was actually during the Brett scene, which I'm gonna hmm. be honest, it's, it's something I didn't know at the time, and and you know it sort of depicts um, the tail weaving its way in between Brett's legs and sneaking up behind him, stabbing him in the back while he's sort of mesmerised by by the alien standing all tall and above him and you know that that was something i never realized that that that, that was what it was supposed to be i mean i knew it was supposed yeah, to be alien, rat's legs but i never knew that that was what happened yeah the alien um basically pushes him pulls him forward with its tail so yeah that's that's an interesting moment for um you know for anybody who, who didn't realize that and and the box bit we've got to mention the, the box bit the box bit yeah at the very end of the comic when ripley going around the corner trying to get into the shuttle and sees the alien in the airlock. In the movie, it's just kind of bent over, but in the comic, it's this weird giga box that kind of unfolds into the alien. Yeah, I don't remember that being in any of the... Um... Sorry, my phone's going off. Um... It's, not, it's not in the script. It's not in the novelization. It's nowhere. Uh, the model makers, like John Sorensen and guys like Dennis Lowe and stuff like that, they couldn't remember anything being fabricated or designed or even talked about for that kind of sequence. And Giga's Alien doesn't mention it. So I'm guessing that was just a little embellishment. Is it Archie Goodwin who wrote it? Is he still alive? Why do I feel like he's dead? I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to ask him that. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like Walter Simonson that's been helping them with the with the reprint stuff. I'd love to try and track him down. and um... Yeah, find out why that's even there. It might even be worth trying to ask that, um, Mr. Simonson. But yeah, well, I mean, he said he didn't, yeah. no, as as in the as in the artist of the. Um, oh, that was yeah, yeah, that's yeah. No, not 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 John John. Was it John Sorensen? The um, Sorensen, yeah, that that's it. Yeah, no. Um, if you can ask the artist, because I mean, why would you just put that in? I quite liked it though. You know, to be honest, it was. Oh no, I I liked it. It was kind of strange, especially considering how accurate the rest of the comic seems to be to. Like stuff that actually happened, or was filmed to have happened. Maybe he was just trying to uh, make a interesting moment for it. I mean, cause, that's what I'm guessing. You know, I'd, 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 I'm going to find that out. I've got to find that out. But yeah, so you know, it's not all doom and gloom in terms of the literature. I mean, we've got right. shit, but we've got good moments as well. Titan has definitely put out some some good stuff in in recent years. The Alien Vault was really interesting. The Prometheus art book, regardless of how I feel about the film, was unbelievably good. I've never seen such a, a good collection of sci-fi concept art. Just amazing. Let's see, what else did Titan put out? Was, I think that was, those were the main ones. They did the Alien Vault, the Illustrated Story, the Prometheus art book. They've done all the making mm-hmm. ofs as well. Um, book of Alien? Yeah. yeah they they re- oh, that one. Yeah, they yeah that was the, the re-release. Book. You see, that, that, that was another... Fantastic sort of collection of. I mean, I know it's not really, it's not a fiction book or anything, but it's um, a brilliant sort of showing of all the artwork that was put together for Alien. I mean, I've got the I've got the old version here. Um, it was brought for me Secret Santa one year actually by a guy at college. That's why I loved um, Prometheus as well because the the movies have never been void of artistically talented people working on it, and you can see, you know, we we know all the all this information now. I mean, because we've got um, Charles de Lozarica's fantastic box sets. But seeing this 
at the time and seeing all these other concepts, I bet it was I bet it was wonderful. I mean, look, I'm looking at the pyramid stuff now, and wow. they also re-released the really hard to find uh, Colonial Marines technical manual. Yes, I tell you what, that bit that bit pissed me off. I, I think I spent about fifty quid on my copy of the old one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I realised that one as well. That was I'd seen them going for about hundred and something, mm. and uh, still, you know, fifty quid, and they they reprinted easy for everybody to find. God, how <laughs> dare they! <laughs> but you know, I never actually read it because it was hard to read because it just waffles on about military specs and stuff like that. I mean, what were you going to expect with a name like Colonial Room Technical Manual? But I don't think that's a particularly easy to get into book. Did you get that one as well? I, I picked it up. I haven't read it myself either for for the same reason. I've just you know, there's a lot more alien related literature that I was more interested in at the time. But I do want to want to go through it and read it, you know, just because. Did either of you read Alien Vault? Then I mean, I know you mentioned it, but did you? Did you read I, it? I went through Alien Vault. I thought that was a really well done. Uh, there was a lot of new behind-the-scenes pictures that I hadn't seen before, and all the, the inserts they had, like they had the Giger, the Giger prints, and they had the little Nostromo blueprint that came with it. It just felt like a nice little package that you really got your money's worth with it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one as well. I mean, if you know, I thought it was going to be another recounting of all the behind-the-scenes, but the uh, Ian was it Ian Nathan? Yeah, Ian Nathan had um, done it as like a sort of retelling of how it sort of influenced him as well which gave it a very sort of personal feel to it and I, I really enjoyed that I hadn't expected to you know it's this really sort of attractive hardback book as well yeah so you know we've had some good stuff recently and I hope that you know the the new line that Dark Horse is going to bring out and I hope the new series that Titan's doing with the books it's, it's going to be good you know we haven't really talked about the Dark Horse press novels yeah. Because you know what, I didn't. Stick, I thought the Predator ones were better than the Alien ones. I mean, the Predator ones started off kind of iffy with Forever Midnight and everything, and the whole the whole hiss idea. Yeah. yeah. But Flesh and Blood sort of took that a little bit, but not quite used it all. And that that was that was a good read. And then Turnabout, I thought was brilliant, which was the Steve Perry one, and that was him returning to the franchise. And then South China Sea, I love that. I gotta say. Probably my favourite of of that series, that you know, all the Dark Horse press ones. I thought that was a fantastic book because that focused more on sort of the Predator as um, a ruthless killing machine. You know, none of this bollocks samurai culture thing. I'm 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 not a fan of the Yaucha culture. Um, yeah, yeah. However, you However you say, Steve Perry told everybody sometimes. Steve Perry said it rhymes with lockjaw, so I'm guessing yacht or something. I used to pronounce it yachtjaw. Oh, fucking hell. I remember <laughs> hunting down prey just so I could read about those, you know, all the crazy culture thing that was in there. And, you know, as, as I've sort of grown up, I've proper disliked it. So that that was why I sort of really liked South China Sea so much. It got rid of all that and showed him as this merciless big game hunter, basically, which is how I prefer to think of it. But the Alien novels were... I mean, you read the first two, did you say, Sal? I read DNA War, and I got a bit in... Is Original Sin the one with... um, The Space Rangers, yeah. It's the Resurrection sequel, pretty much. Yeah, no, I got about 50 pages into that and stopped. 
What about you, Rich? Stuff have you? Those were the two that I read as well. DNA War, which I really liked. Um, not a lot of the Aliens books that I've read have been in first person, but I thought DNA War did it really well. I liked the the setting, and I thought it was just overall a really good story with interesting characters. Original Sin, I actually liked it. I mean, I didn't I didn't like Resurrection when I first saw it. I've kind of gained more of an appreciation for it over the years, and I thought taking those characters and going on from that, they really couldn't have, have done better with that you know, setting and story than, than Original Sin did taking that forward. And I liked how they included the whole, the big uh, space terrarium scene that was originally supposed to be an alien resurrection but got cut from the movie. They put that in Original Sin. Oh. What did they call them? The Malachi or something like that? The jerky things. Yeah. The, I disliked that part of the novel. I mean, I think character-wise it made... It made a lot of sense with with what they did with the characters. It, it felt very Whedonish and Fireflyish and everything. But then, as it sort of descended into the ending of it and unveiled this mass political plot between Wailing Utani and the Space Jockeys, <sighs> makes me. Oh sigh. man, no, no, please stop trying to convince me to read the rest of the book. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I mean, DNA War, yeah. I, th- I thought that was that was good as well. I didn't... Hang on, sorry, sorry. Isn't DNA with the wall the one where the aliens roll around on their tails? There's a the battle wall bit in it. Him? Yeah, there's a battle wall bit in it. But... Yeah, like flying squirrel like... facehuggers? Yeah. yeah. That... That, that's the standard of good for, it, it was, <laughs> for the it DA was, Express ones? It was probably one of the stronger ones, if I'm being honest. Oh, God. I mean, um, the the next one, which was done by the same lass, it was uh, Diane Carey. It was Cauldron. That started really good. You had this. It sort of showed we got to know the characters on a ship, and then the outbreak. They they found the aliens, and then it skips, and you come back. It skips to another ship, and then you come back to the first ship, and the outbreak's happened. It's gone through all of it, and you've got some of these characters trying to survive. And that bit was really cool. And then it takes us to this new ship where it's essentially um, a bunch of kids and the ship's dock, it's all automated and the aliens end up getting on this new ship with the kids. And then it it, it just, they didn't interest me. I mean, there, there was one cool bit later on where there's an alien toying with um, with one of the, the injured crew members. Um, I can't remember what it's doing, but I think it was stimulating the vocal cord somehow or something and making it sort of sound like it was crying out for help and the crew come running round and oh no it's a trap it's a trap and you know that yeah. that showed <laughs> that showed a bit of intelligence on their part but then it just turned into kids versus aliens and I think they defeated it by putting it in some water so the acid didn't burn the ship or whatever and that bit was weak um, oh, steel, gosh. steel egg, which was the next one. Fuck me, that was awful. It was John Shirley who wrote Forever Midnight, and it seemed interesting. The premise of it was sort of very alienish, where they find a derelict ship in, you know, in orbit to Jupiter or something like that, and they go on there and they investigate it. And we, you know, we've got this sort of it set up like another alien race that was at war with the space jockeys and. You know, the aliens were a weapon between them and everything. But then it got daft. You got floating hoverboards. <laughs> the the aliens on this ship, they got around on diamond-shaped hoverboards. 
the, the aliens got around on diamond shaped bomb the, the, Sorry, not not the aliens. The aliens that had built this ship. Um, I think oh, they were called the Griff. I think, if I remember rightly, and they themselves had diamond shaped heads and diamond shaped eyes and a diamond shaped mouth, and they could talk English for some reason. I can't remember why. And the, the the bad guy in it was some cliched, stereotypical, uninteresting, bearded Star Trek, you know, mirror universe bad guy. And it it was it was terrible. I got I I got quite high hopes for that one. And then the Did- next. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Did you did you ever read uh, No Exit? Yes, that was the last one, which, which which was the one I was saying earlier about how it started all interesting with this alien sort of detective, and it was all fucked in the head, and you know descended into the beat 'em up that was the end of it. Which you know that bit pissed me off most because they were they were in this alien hive and they were sneaking around, and rather than beating them up, they could have done this twisted. You know, moments where there's all this death surrounding them and they're sneaking around and the guys are already messed up by this point. And, you know, it could have been an interesting exploration of them. Because, you know, the, the series, the, the books never really sort of touch on the psychological issues of the aliens and, you know, what it's like being in, you know, being trapped in a hive surrounded by, you know, tons of dead people, your family, your friends and everything. And that, that could have been... That could have been really interesting. I might actually reread that again because the first half of it is fantastic. There's a, there's a whole section of it where it's um, it's sort of like a first person kind of narrative of a guy basically recording these events that it had been to uh, it were there to investigate. And that, that I remember sat there in my bed. I'd got just my little lamp on and I was reading it, and it, it was really good. It was really sort of chilling moments. Um, that was the last one they did. There was one more before that, which was Criminal Enterprise, which was Stephanie Perry, and uh, that was okay. That was that was you know interesting, but it suffered from the same problem that Alien Three did, where all the characters were fucking drug dealers and killers and rapists and what have you, and there was there's nobody. I mean, even the I say this with air quotation marks. Even the good guys in it were. Um, you know, were less than savoury characters. But that bit had a nice sort of tie-in because it, it was on about the Grant Corporation, which was the company from um, oh, Genocide. Yeah. Genocide. And they, they showed up briefly in other bits and bobs, but that, that, was a, that was a cool little tie-in. But then the aliens in it were reduced to essentially guard dogs. They'd, they'd got this drug manufacturing facility on an asteroid, and um, it was buried deep in the surface of, you know, in the crust of the asteroid and there was aliens on the surface and they were like the ultimate deterrent of people coming to try and steal this guy's business and you know it didn't didn't quite quite get there which is you know pretty much dark i had to sum up dark horse's line didn't quite get there so yeah really hope that um, tim Levin doesn't fall into that trap I hope he actually gets the franchise and we don't end up with dumb creatures and stupid kid characters and ridiculous plots and it disappoints me I'm not going to lie I mean I like the older books I really do I mean even you know even Genocide even you know Rogue the the earlier ones I really liked but you know the, the new ones just always seem to fall short of you know good um, very very far short well, hopefully, with how Titan has uh, treated some of their other releases, they'll get some some good novels out there. I like the artwork for 
out of the shadows. I hope it's not just placeholder artwork. I mean, I know it's just the Colonial Marines uh, Giger alien concept art, but I definitely think it it's a pretty striking cover. I never had an issue with the cover art for the other ones either. Um, I forget who did it. There was a guy who did all their cover art, and I quite liked a lot of them. But I don't. I, I think the the out of the shadows one is going to just end up being, um, you know, a placement at the minute. I can't remember who did it. There's the guy who did it put the originals up on uh, Deviant Art, and yeah, we did, did that cool concept with the cloning marines with the um, the cards, pack of cards in his head and stuff, which was cool. Yeah, wasn't the didn't somebody say some issue about like rights to the picture and how they hadn't it wasn't cleared for use for that book? Oh yeah, it was. I think it was Mikey. Um, yeah. He was saying that it probably won't be the final picture. I can't unless they saw something out. I can't see that being an issue. I mean, because you know, it, it was done for. I assume you know it was it was done for the game. So wouldn't Fox own the rights to the artwork? Well, he was saying it wasn't. Is what I thought was interesting because it was used pretty heavily in the art in the promotional work. But he was saying it wasn't done for Colonial Marines. But then again, even even if it's fan art, I mean, they still own the rights to. The stuff, don't they? Well, yeah, look at what they did to um, SM's universe timeline and maps that he'd put up. Yep. They just chucked them onto the DVDs and stuff and didn't give them any credit. And the, the pull-out in, in the vault, um, the vaults, um, the fan thing, I think, for the Nostromo as well, the the blueprints. On... Yeah, but I think they actually might have asked the guy about that one. Right. Was, that, was that a guy off Alien Experience, I think it was, wasn't it? No... Someone who might have posted that once, but I don't think it was one of members. Right, well, I'm, I'm not sure what happened about that, but I can't see that being an issue. I mean, it's their property. Yeah. I mean, understandably, I'd be pissed if it was, um, now if it was, it was me. I mean, um, Inkworks stole some of our, some of our interview content off us for, um, their trading card series. And when I found that out, I was like, guys, come on, what are you doing? They didn't even credit you? No, no, I didn't even know about it. it was, oh, wow. It was um, way back with AVPR, and we'd done an interview with Morris Chaplin or something like that, the, one of the puppeteers. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I'm flicking through the trading cards, and I'm reading the back of this quote, and I was like, oh, cool, that's from the um, same guy we spoke to, who I think we actually might have got fired. I'm not sure, because um, he told us quite a few bits. <laughs> 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 but I, I was sat there I was reading it, I was like this is familiar I went and flicked on the website and I was like yeah this is lifted right off of here obviously at the time I was in communication with their with their PR guy so I was like what's happening here well, I got a few freebies for that one I can't complain um, but, <laughs> but yeah I mean realistically I mean they own the artwork why is it going to be an issue um Let's let's wrap this one up. I just I think I'll just let everybody know that the new Alien book, the uh, it's called Alien Out of the Shadows, is currently aiming for a December release. Um, you get it reasonably priced off Amazon for about seven quid. Um, I'm not sure what that is for you crazy Americans and you Australians. I'm sure it'll be about ten dollars or something, won't it? Yeah, eight to ten or something. Right. 14 and, to 20. 
And uh, I'll just, I'll just re- read the description that's on Amazon as well, because I don't think we've really talked about that. The massively acclaimed alien franchise is one of the most successful of all time, beginning with the first film in 1979. In a dramatic twist, this novel will return us to that time, to Alan Ripley and the never-before-revealed secrets of the Whaling yutani Corporation. Secrets <laughs> that lead into the events of the second film, Aliens and Beyond. And I can hear Sil laughing here, but... <laughs> You know, Damn, this is gonna be great. Give it, you gotta give it. People sitting around the boardroom. Hey guys, what happened to our ship? But uh, I, 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 I know Ted. Ted, do you know what happened to the ship? No, I know. Didn't, didn't you guys have? Didn't you guys put that guy on the? No, no. Shut up, Ted. <laughs> I'm interested to see what he's gonna do with it. I must be honest. It's it's not somewhere we've we've really a time frame we've really gone to before. So you know, I'll I'll give him I'll give it my a go before. I make my mind up. But yeah, that, so let, let's wrap okay. up. Um, thanks for joining us today, Sil. Um, no yeah, it was nice to get um, non-staff on. And thanks for waffling away with us. Um, so let's close this one up. Um, this is Corporal Hicks. This is Ridgetop. And this is Sil. And uh, signing off the 12th episode of the AVP Galaxy Podcast. Cool. Bye.